Hey, Prime members, you can listen to The Takeout ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. It's harder to focus than ever these days. Thankfully, C4 has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus, containing 200 milligram of natural caffeine, a blend of vitamins and zero sugar. It was formulated to support your well-being and help you feel your best, all while enhancing mental focus. From your brain to your body, C4 Smart Energy does it all and tastes amazing. Look for Smart Energy in the beverage aisle at your local Kroger, Albertsons, and Safeway grocery stores. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused. Five, four, three, two, one. But who's counting, right? His name is Major. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Major Garrett from the nation's capital. Major, fantastic. It's the takeout. This is a major achievement. With CBS News Chief Washington Correspondent. Major Garrett. Yes, CBS. Yes, hi. Major Garrett. Major, that's nonsense. And you should know better. Is Major out of the doghouse? <laughs> The answer is yes. Welcome to the very best part of my broadcast week. I'm going to give you some advice, ladies and gentlemen. Lean back for this episode. All right? Lean back. You know what this show's about. Politics, policy, and sometimes we emphasize more than others pop culture. We're going to do a little politics, a little policy, and we're going to lean heavily into pop culture. Why? My guest is a gentleman named Joseph Cartagena, otherwise known as Fat Joe, Joey Crack, a legend in the hip-hop rap world. He's here in Washington, D.C. to talk about some policy and some politics. Fat Joe, it's great to see you. Pleasure. Pleasure to be here on your show, man. I heard so many amazing things about the show, so it's an honor for me to be on your show. Um, thanks for giving me the platform. Yeah. You know, it's very, very important. What, you, what, what, what brings you, I know, but I want you to tell my audience, what brings you to D.C.? Why are you traveling the halls of Capitol Hill? What's on your mind? Well, I've been advocating for patients' rights. You know, all over America, there's over 100 million Americans that are in hospital debt. And uh, this is a bipartisan issue. This isn't just Republican. This isn't Democrat. This is Amish. This is Native American. This is black. This is Jewish. This is Muslim. This is Latino. Everybody's getting beat up by these uh, hospitals and these uh, insurance companies. Because they don't know the prices. They don't know the prices. So basically, if we came in this taco place right now, it says on here Mm -hmm. that a chicken fajita costs $8.99. Right. It's the only place in the world you can go to that doesn't show the prices. Of anything. Of anything. And so you got people in the same hospitals taking CAT scans for $12,000 and other people for $2,000. Right. You know, uh... And so, me, along with Power to the Patients, uh, we take this issue very, very serious. Mm -hmm. You mentioned we are at a taqueria, Santa Rosa Taqueria. It has welcomed us before. We always thank them for their hospitality. But you're right. You have a menu. You drive down the street. You see the gas prices. You go into your grocery store. You go into your Nordstrom Rack or wherever you pick up your clothes. There's a price. Mm -hmm. And you can evaluate right then and there. What does that price mean to me? Now, obviously, in some instances, healthcare can be of an urgent need and the price is secondary, but you'd still like to know. Hey, there's a woman who has a bracelet uh, on her hand that says, if I get sick, please don't call 911. Put me in an Uber. That's how expensive the ride of the ambulance costs to get to the hospital. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So she wants to eliminate that. And that can vary. You You don't know what the cost is. 
from ambulance company to ambulance company. So you don't know. And so there's people out there that do pay attention. You know, the vast majority of Americans, you know, they look at it like this is what I got to pay. They know they're getting robbed, but don't know quite how they're getting robbed. Mm -hmm. Then you got them people really, really intelligent that look for the data and look at the data and saying, hey, what's this cost right here? What's Mm -hmm. that? And so these hospitals, there's actually a law already that Trump passed, Mm -hmm. but was never enforced. And so we came out here talking about enforcement and then they've written a rule, but the rule is not altogether put together in the hospitals. And most people don't know they have access to it. Most people don't know how they're complying with it. So there is a process, but it's not really working. It's not working. The system is broken. The system is rigged. Um, that's even better. Mm-hmm. The system is rigged. You know, you got people in America that are wobbling across the street that are afraid to walk in the hospital because they got to pay their bills. And if they're trying to live the American dream and send their son and daughter to college, they can't even do that because of the, the prices of the bill. And from your perspective, it doesn't matter whether you have insurance or not. Yes, it does matter, but this price mm-hmm. issue still plays either way. Yeah, we just got to Uberize the system. And so what happens in America, there's a lot of um, systems in place that we like to call dinosaur Mm-hmm. You know, our forefathers made it up 130 years ago. Right. They didn't know there was going to be FaceTime. <laughs> they didn't know you were going to be in 75 different stations. Like, <laughs> right? I mean, and so we're still living by that, by those rules and regulations. So, you know, this is uh, an idea whose time has come. Mm-hmm. And we're telling the insurance companies and we're telling the hospitals, you know, you guys made a ton of money mm-hmm. off of the Americans. We woke up. We want to see the prices. We don't want to estimate because the new term they're bringing out is like, no, we'll give you an estimate. Well, what's an estimate? Right. Why you can't just tell us the prices like everything else? Because you know they know the price. Well, we would know the price if they showed us the Right, data. but they internally, they know how much they're going to they charge you. They know the price, but listen, I met with a group of employers, um, who turned the whole thing around. One employer opened up their own clinic. One employer does steel out of Montana where he is the insurer now. Mm-hmm. And so he dealt with the hospitals and he realized they didn't want to work with him. And then when they finally gave him the data, they seen how much profit the hospital were making. Not for the actual procedure. Mm-hmm. It was just a level of profit to where they said, you know, we're going to do this. Of course, you need the employees to get on board, mm-hmm. um, to get educated as well, so they can know the benefits of it. But they drove the cost the cost down, and actually put more money into the pockets of the employees. And so there's ways to do it. And they there know are benefits this that accrue fixed. from it. They know they could fix this, but obviously, you know, we live in a society that's just totally based on profit. Right. So. For my audience, they say, wait a minute. Your audience is very smart, by the way. Fat Joe, he grows up in the Bronx, housing project, Grammy-nominated rapper. What does he know about? How did he even get involved in this? Well, I have a good friend sitting behind you. His name is Kevin Moore. He's mm-hmm. one of the founders of Power to the Patient. So he cornered me in and said, Joe, you got to hear me out. And once I heard him out, he brought me to a woman named Cynthia Fisher, uh, who's just unbelievably passionate about this and she broke down so many scenarios where I was like you know I gotta be a part of it mm-hmm. now what does that mean when Fat Joe the rapper says he's gonna take on the hospitals and the health insurance all my people who love me tell me I'm crazy how you going up against big hospital how you gonna so they got this reputation of the big bad wolf mm-hmm. but um, like in many other instances when you stand up to them and you get the data, uh, the empirical data, I mean, the numbers don't lie. And so they have to come with you or you look for alternatives. Mm-hmm. And hip-hop has always been very disruptive. And I got brothers like Chuck D on board from mm-hmm. Public Enemy who uh, won't sell a soul for nothing. And so when he saw this, he said, Joe, commendable. You know, I had all the a, all a conscious rappers, KRS-One, he says... 
Now, KRS-One will not take a check from he, – he just doesn't want to be part of any system. He says, that's, com- that's my thing. That's what mm-hmm. I'm commendable about. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing right, Joe. Mm-hmm. You know, he don't want to hear about material items or nothing like right. that. So those guys on that end of the spectrum applaud these efforts very much because at the end of the day, you're speaking up for the people. So now when I walk through the airport and I walk through different places, I have random people just hugging me. And start telling me about, thank you for fighting for us. Thank you for fighting for our rights. Thank you for fighting for the health care transparency. So many people are dealing with it. It's 100 million Americans. Does that make you feel a different sense of connection to your audience, to your fans, than you did before when you well, weren't an advocate? Hip-hop doesn't get its just due. Mm-hmm. Now, to say that hip-hop is totally organized, where we have a union for the pioneers and all that, that doesn't exist. No. But individually, hip-hop mm-hmm. artists such as Jay-Z, he's attacked mm-hmm. justice reform in yep. a major way. Yep. Yep. You know, generating millions and millions of dollars to help. And so, this is my thing. Right. You know, this is what I wanted to tackle on. This is how I wanted to help the average, everyday American. Mm-hmm. That is the voice of Fat Joe. Joe Cartagena, as he's also known. I said lean back. Why did I say lean back? One of his biggest hits, folks. Now, did I know that two weeks ago? No, I didn't. I will fess up to that. I'm evolving in front of your very eyes. More with Fat Joe when we come back. I'm Major Garrett. This is Takeout. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now... New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back to the Takeout Santa Rosa Taqueria on Capitol Hill is our host restaurant. Always grateful to them. Fat Joe is our guest. Fat Joe, so you've been walking around Capitol Hill. What's that like, meeting lawmakers, doing the conversation one-on-one? Well, you know, I don't get involved with nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. So I, I always take a winning approach. Mm-hmm. I speak it into existence, and I play it out. And so we came over here maybe like three years ago. We met with one... Politi- only one with me with us. Gentleman from Kentucky. What's his name, Kev? Because we got to give him his props. The man from K- Kentucky. Comfrey. Guthrie is the only guy who met with us. And he sat down at this. Then we came back two years, and it was like 40 politicians. Mm-hmm. And we came back last year, it was 80 politicians. Mm-hmm. So you actually see the growth. Mm-hmm. You actually see uh, that they get it. And you see momentum going. And so Congress passed a law recently um, with Frank Pallone and Mm -hmm. Hakeem Jeffries. And it's a start. It's great. It's great. But it's a start. Mm -hmm. Now it's going on to Senate. Mm -hmm. And we got to convince the Senate that this is an issue that's bipartisan. Right. This is the issue for the people. And sometimes even me... I've been a rap superstar for 30 years. Right. I get numb and I, and I lose focus of how I got here. And so some of the senators, you know, have to realize that they've been elected by the people to mm-hmm. get here. Mm-hmm. And so I know there's lobbyists, special, special interests, there's yep. all these type of people. But at the core, I just want you to look at yourself as a young politician and why you got into the game 
and make a change for the American people because this is something that's really destroying lives all over America. Two things I want to ask you about what mm -hmm. you just said. One, three years ago, two years ago, one year ago, the growth moving through the house, that's progress, yet it's still slow. Oh. Americans get discouraged sometimes about the slowness of our system. Do you get discouraged? No. Okay. Because I'm crazy. I'm like, uh, <laughs> no. I'm being honest with you. I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm like, uh, I think his name was Bugsy Siegel, the guy who went out there in the desert and yep. created Vegas. Yep. Yep. I'm one of them guys. Right. I come up in here. You could be looking so discouraged. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? We, we coming out of here with the wind, like. I'm crazy like that, yeah. you know, and so I'm very optimistic. Um, and like I said, uh, we've worked so hard. I mean, we, we got people from Montana with us, mm -hmm. people from Kansas, people from St. Louis, people from New, New Jersey, York, Missouri. People yep. from, I mean, this is, a, this, is a, this is an issue that affects all Americans. Mm -hmm. So I'm very, very optimistic. So you mentioned also, this is the other thing. Hip-hop disruptor has that disruptor spirit. Mm -hmm. What is the disruption that the hospitals are afraid of? What's the pushback you get on this? Well, you know, it's the bottom line. You mm -hmm. know, they've been, eating, they've been eating fat for a long time. And so, uh, you know, them giving up the data, them being transparent, hurts their pocket a little bit. Me mm -hmm. and you would be so happy to own a hospital, mm -hmm. right? I mean, but these guys are so used to a certain amount of money that they're like, no, they're pushing back. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at one time there was a rotary phone, then came the cell phone, right. then came the TV, the color TV, the big TV, the flat screen. This idea whose time has come. Mm -hmm. And so you gotta comply with the people, otherwise the people are gonna know that you're just taking advantage of them. And, and these prices are being raised not because that's what it costs for the surgery mm -hmm. or that's what it's called. This is all fluff going back into all these middlemen's pockets. Mm -hmm. So those are the guys really fighting back. I have talked to people who have come to Washington, optimistic like you are, energized like you are, and sometimes they walk away and they say to themselves, wait a minute, that politician, man or woman, Republican or Democrat, said yes, but I can't tell if they're just patting me on the head, so I leave, or they're really serious. Do you have a sense when you go in there whether people are serious? Yeah, it was or night just and day. Seeing... I passed the law in New York City. Now we got to uh, implement the enforcement. It's the first time in New York City that they uh, passed the health transfer. First time in New York, New mm -hmm. York City. Mm -hmm. So New York City. So you care about this at a local York, level, state level, our, federal everywhere. level? Like we just trying to. Anybody that feels that they don't have a voice, mm -hmm. that they're going through a hard time in America, mm -hmm. if they hear Fat Joe just utter what they're thinking and it benefits them and it helps them, that gives me a sense of uh, love mm -hmm. and encouragement, mm -hmm. you know, because I stand up for the people. You know, when, to be honest with you, when I move through the Capitol, it's not so much the politicians who say, hey, that's Fat Joe. It's the workers. Mm -hmm. It's the janitors. It's the people that work in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. It's the aides to the politician. It's the little guy that looks at Fat Joe and correlate with me and feel that, mm -hmm. that bond. And so, uh, Just like they did when you came up the stairway here at Santa Rosa Taqueria. That's, that's who I'm for. I'm for the little guy, the little woman in America. Mm -hmm. You know, the voiceless who's screaming and barking at the moon. They feel like they get nothing done on their behalf. Mm -hmm. Is anyone paying you for this advocacy? No. I mean, um, this is from the heart, man. We hear from the heart. Mm -hmm. And uh, everything we do is from the heart, you know. And so, uh, do you have a personal experience that got you into this issue? Not a personal issue per se, but a good friend of mine who's, who I told you sitting behind you for 20 years, uh, Kevin Moore, he broke it down to me. And then once I started speaking up about this to uh, people, I just started hearing so many stories of people around me that were impacted by mm -hmm. this. And then I realized, all right, I got to use my voice here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that circulates around this issue is you've got the hospitals 
then you got the insurers, mm -hmm. then you got the federal government, which pays for some of this care. And they're all sort of okay with it. They're all kind of like, shh, because everyone's mm -hmm. kind of all right with well, it. Well, we, we, we put such a spotlight on this now mm -hmm. that if you don't vote for it, shame on you. Right. Because we know, because right now we just did a poll and 94% of Americans voted for health transparency. Price transparency. And the other, yes, and, and, and the other the other 6% probably obviously ain't know what the poll was because they would have voted for it too. Mm -hmm. And so we know what the people want. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, are they going to enforce it? Yeah. Are they going to come on the side of the people? So, so in the real, in the, in the, in the ideal world, Fat Joe, you and I find ourselves in the emergency room on the same day. In the ideal world, what do we get? Do we get a piece of paper that's got the no, prices? You get nothing. And most people going there. I mean, in the, the ideal rest. world, if this is if this is done, we get what? We get a piece of paper that's oh, got yeah, prices says on the it. Prices. Right. That's right. It says the prices on it. Beforehand. Now, what happens in a normal, not just an emergency, normal? You got to take a. a a colonoscopy. Right, right. Right. You can look up your three favorite hospitals, if you want to call it that. Right. Right. And one of them is charging 12000 One is charging 8000 One is charging 2000 Right. Obviously, we go into where it's for $2,000. Right. Or you might go to the one in the middle. Who knows? It all depends. Well, at least you know. I don't know who wants to pay more for the same test. Right. But um, it's like everything else. And, it, and it's a time. The system has to get Uberized. Mm -hmm. I call it Uberized because mm -hmm. it's running on a dinosaur system. Right. And the system ain't helping the people. Mm -hmm. And so it has to be transparent so we can know and make our choice like we do in everything else in life. You know? Uh, and so that's what I'm praying for most. Mm -hmm. And that's why you're here in Washington. That's right. And that's why you're talking not only to members of the House, but members of the Senate. Mm -hmm. trying, right. trying to get the Senate in gear. Well, everybody plays his part. Right. And so what I'm trying to explain to the, to the House, who already passed the law, um, is that if you, if, you meet, if you see guys from the Senate at the cafeteria, right. see them at, talk it up. Talk it up. Talk, talk it, it up. up. And if enough people talk it up. Right. Because you know we got Israel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gaza, Lots of things. Lots of things. Ukraine. Lots of things. Uh, yeah. You know, nobody could get along. Speak. Are we going to pass the budget? Right. We, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of distractions going on. Speaking of talking it up, we will do more of that when we come back. I'm Major Garrett. Fat Joe is with us. Segment three of The Takeout coming your way. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to The Takeout. Fat Joe is our special guest. You know, on Instagram, he has 5.7 million followers, which is about 5,600,995 more than I have. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Um, Hip-hop and its disruptor ethic. Is there a part of you and your approach to this that is also disruptive? Do you use other platforms to get this out? Do you yeah. talk about this in non-traditional ways? I've been talking about this in 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 Tamron Hall, uh, on on regular TV, The View, 
Bloomberg, <laughs> wherever they Bloomberg would fall into the traditional category, they, I think. Wherever they turn on <laughs> that camera, mm -hmm. I go. And uh, it's a part of my daily and life. And you, do you use your own platforms as well, Instagram? Of course. And other I have a show on Instagram Live that I started in COVID. Okay. Because, you know, I'm diabetic and I was really, really scared when COVID hit. Uh, first time in 100 years. And so I felt like my fans were just as scared as me. So my daughter, 14 years old mm -hmm. at the time. She was my executive producer, was stuck in the house. Right. And so she turns on my Instagram live. And before you knew it, Michelle Obama was on there commenting, Kim Kardashian. I had Dr. Fauci mm -hmm. on my Instagram live. Uh, you name it, they came on there. Anybody, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, Cory Booker, mm -hmm. uh, Andrew Yang, uh, right. whoever you name was on there. Uh, Eric Adams, before he became mayor, he, he chased me because, you know, we can we curse on here? No. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. We usually about f the police, right? Yeah. In hip hop. Right. So we look at Mayor, mayor Adams like he was the police. Right. right? And so I, I was avoiding this guy and everybody kept coming. And he finally caught me. He said, Joe, I swear, man. I got to get on your platform, man. Mm -hmm. I got to talk to the people. Mm -hmm. And so I said, all right, come on. And he did great. Uh, I asked him mm -hmm. on the show, would he save this school in the Bronx that they were going to close down? And he gave me his word, and he saved the school. Okay. So, I, you know, the man's a man of his word. And so uh, we got people through the COVID. Mm -hmm. And now uh, we have a TV show coming out on Stars, mm -hmm. um, which is a talk show. Right. Slash, you know, like I said, it always got to be disrupted. Right. So it's almost like an Anthony Bourdain without the food, uh -huh. but more about culture. Culture. Okay. And, and then and going around seeing yeah. artists, seeing this, seeing that. You mm -hmm. never know who I bump into. Mm -hmm. Like if I was shooting now, I'd have been like, I'm doing your show, but you got to be on my show. Right. Right? right. And people would find you interesting in your story. Possibly. You know, and so, <laughs> no, they would. No, they would. You know, and, uh, and people need to learn about other people. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I had a dentist yesterday. She's from Israel. And she said she knew nothing about the ghetto or the inner city mm -hmm. other than what she read or saw in a movie. Mm -hmm. I never knew people exist like this. This right. is in America. Mm -hmm. But I had to tell her a little bit of my story. She right. told me her, her father was a Holocaust survivor that lived close enough to hear the Hitler speeches in person. You know how scary that must have been? Cannot imagine. This yeah. unthinkable. Right. But you know, this is interesting. Yep. If I had the right. camera on, right. the audience would be like, wow. Yep. Like, you know, um, and so I, I just find interesting things in everybody's journey. Everybody. So tell my audience a little bit about your journey. Begins Me? in the Bronx, yeah. Man, uh, the Bronx looked like Ukraine, a war zone. Mm -hmm. It was referred uh, to as that. No, no, it was. Yeah. It looked like, aesthetically, mm -hmm. the building we played on rubble. Born in 1970, parts. were you not? Yep. Born in 1970. But the beauty of it is that hip-hop was formed out of the Bronx when I was only three years old. So, And not only that, was born in my neighborhood of the Bronx. So I would come out my door and Grandmaster Flash and uh, Melly Mel and, and Shah Rock, the first female rapper of history, was from my block. The first Latino rapper, Ruby D, was from my block. Mm. So me as a fan, I was, just, I, I was just born in the mecca of hip hop music. And obviously, uh, I wanted to become a rapper mm -hmm. and a recording artist. Uh, I had a rough life growing up. I made a lot of bad choices that I'm not happy. Um, and uh, I thank God for hip-hop that I was able to come out of there. Mm -hmm. And I got my start at the Apollo Theater. Mm -hmm. You know, if you suck, they throw apples at you. <laughs> so I've heard that. Uh, imagine I, I, I left a life of crime mm -hmm. to go rap and humble myself. And I won four weeks in a row. Mm -hmm. And I met DJ Red Alert, who was the number one DJ in America at the time. Mm -hmm. He said, I like you. Do you have a song? 
So I gave him my song, and then that later became number one in America, Flojo, and, and the rest is history. Right. Mm-hmm. When you were young, and you idolized these people around you. Which the, people we talking about? Uh, the, the, music? the the, the, the yeah. original rappers. The, the names you just dropped. I still worship them. If I saw them outside right now, I'd jump out the car and start giving them praise. Really? Okay. That's just who I am. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and, and my connection with them is A1. And mm-hmm. they call me Little Angel. They don't even call me Fat Joe. Right. Like, I'm really from the neighborhood. Right. You know? And you mentioned a moment ago that you made some bad choices. I've read that you have, looking back on your childhood, thought there were times you were kind of a bully, maybe had that sort of... Well, I got bullied. And you got bullied, okay. So I got beat up every day by 20 guys. Every single day for two years straight. Still went back to... My mother and father didn't believe. They, they forced me back in school. So I don't have a picture at Christmas or Easter without a black eye or a bloody lip. No kidding. Because I was always tough. So I would fight these 20 guys mm-hmm. every day, you know, and, uh, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it turned me for the worse. You know, mm-hmm. when I went to high school over the summer, I turned into a pretty bad guy. And then what's terrible about it is when you become the bully, you're almost like a neighborhood celebrity that everybody's getting. When you walk through, the girls are like, oh, mm. who's that? Joey Crack. Oh, and it, that adrenaline. Uh, pulls you towards the dark side, you know? And so I lived pretty dark mm-hmm. at that time. I mean, till hip-hop saved my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you say there is anything in your lyrics that is part of the dark side? Everything. And so uh, it's just a reflection of the street, whether it's my story, mm-hmm. it's everybody else's story. You know, hip-hop, we, we're the journalists of the streets. Yeah. And so... If you want to know what's going on in, in Cuba, just pick up Cuban hip-hop. You want to know what's going on in Ukraine for real right now? Pick up Ukrainian hip-hop right now. And so it's, it's, it's always a reflection of the oppressed people, and they got something to say. Mm-hmm. And so that's what hip-hop is. And so we got to talk about what we see in our community mm-hmm. or what we've been through firsthand. You know, that's what hip-hop's about. I've never heard that before, and I'm fascinated by that since my entire life has been about journalism, journalists of the street. Yes, we are. That's what hip-hop is. You know, my, my favorite rapper is named KRS-One. He's a conscious rapper, but in his album cover, by any means necessary, he's posted at a window, almost like Malcolm X with a big gun in his hand. And so I, I'm not going to lie. I bought it for gangster hip-hop. And then when I turned it on and I got on the train, he said, airplanes flying, overseas people dying, politicians lying. I'm trying not to escape, but hit the problem head on by bringing out the truth in the song. Now, BDP short for Boogie Down Production. And so what was happening was like he a whole flower blossomed in my mind. I was like, oh, my God. Like, mm-hmm. what is this guy talking about? Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean. He was a journalist mm-hmm. for hip-hop. He's, he's, he's exposing the irregularities and what goes on in the ghetto. And when critics said it's too violent, you would say that's a reflection of the reality. Yes, and it's entertainment. So now I'm not over here trying to put Mario Puzo in jail mm-hmm. or Martin Scorsese. I'm just loving that. And after I see The Godfather, I turn it off and I watch a J-Lo Wedding Crasher movie, which is funny. <laughs> you get it? So it's like, it's just entertainment. It's, it's entertainment. It's, Speaking it's, of entertainment, that's what we have here. Fat Joe. Segment for the takeout in just a second. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive. And start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax. The way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to The Takeout. Welcome back to Santa Rosa Taqueria near Capitol Hill. Fat Joe is our special guest. Man, what a great show this is and will continue to be. So, uh, Jamie Benson, one of our most productive, influential, and valuable producers, is our resident hip-hop rap expert. And he sent me an article this morning, Fat Joe, giving me the eras of rap and hip-hop. This was an article written last year at the 50th anniversary of Mm hip-hop. And they were broken down as such. Old school, 1979 to 1983. Golden age, 1983 to 1997. Conscious wave, 83 to 2000. East versus West, 91 to 97. Bling era, 97 to 2006. Conscious resurgence, 2004 to now. And alternative revival, 2006 to now. In which would you say your career most exemplifies of those? You know, I've been rapping since 93. Right. Uh, And so I love them all, but... I would be more of a reflection, like, uh, I guess I, I guess I'll say the golden era, mm-hmm. but it's different for me because you got it all right, but the golden era to me is LL Cool J, KRS One, Salt and Pepper, mm-hmm. Kumo D, uh, Grandmaster Flash, The Furious Five, The Fat Boys, I mean uh, Queen Latifah, MC Light, Big Daddy Kane. These people were like untouchable. Mm-hmm. And so what we have now is more of a saturated market with, you know, they download, new artists download 100,000 records a week to Spotify now. Right. At that time, we had a good 10. <laughs> and so we could really zero in on the artists. Right, right. So uh, that's my favorite era, but mm-hmm. my biggest eras are from the 2000s on, mm-hmm. is when I put out number ones in America. Right. And so, uh, you know, that, that's what everybody would know Fat Joe for, lean back, what's love, mm-hmm. you know. Make that it rain era. all the way up. Big boys. Yeah. Big boys. How has the industry changed during your career? What's, or what's the most important change Social during media. your career? Social media. Yeah, so you said the Instagram number is 5.7, but... My Facebook is four million. Okay. My Twitter is a couple of million. And so you press one button and 12 million people see what you're saying. Yeah. Plus everybody else eyeballs that, that, that go on it. And so I tell youth, I tell the young artists, I said, we didn't have this. I would go, all right, you, you, you don't know Fat Joe, right? <laughs> so I started from a graffiti culture. And graffiti is all about... It's a subculture that you put your name everywhere and enough kids that's in the graffiti, they see your name and that's, you're like out for fame, right? And so I took the same approach in guerrilla marketing. When I had my record flow jar, I was standing outside a train station with little flyers like this that said, hey, I'm Fat Joe, flow Joe. Mm-hmm. To people, me. The record was number one in America. And I was like, hey, I'm Fat Joe, flow Joe. So you can make the connection at night. I would take posters and take buckets of glue and put them all over New York City. You were doing myself. that. Myself. I would come home. I don't want to make the reference, but I would come home almost looking like 9-11 when you see the mm-hmm. dust that was on them. Every single night, I would come home like a ghost with the, with the glue on me, just putting my name out there, mm-hmm. going to every club, giving my... You know, that's how I met Notorious B.I.G., rest in peace, Biggie. Mm -hmm. I was giving the DJ my single. And, you know, everything had to be hand-to-hand. Now you have a young kid, could be from anywhere in the world, presses the button, Mm -hmm. it's a TikTok sensation, they're out of here. Yeah. They're superstars. Yeah. Overnight. They can get, meaning they can get a contract. Big time. Yeah. Because, you know, because when you were starting, getting a contract. No more. Yeah. When I started, getting a contract was impossible. Right. So what happens is now the, the record labels aren't into uh, making the next artist. They just look at the market and see what radio station, what's streaming the most. Who's this new artist that's streaming? Which one they Memphis. can capture? They'll go down there, give them a deal. Right. 
And so now it's about the artists creating their own buzz, mm -hmm. creating their own movement. And if they understood what I understood, your best bet would to be independent, keep your own masters, mm -hmm. and put more profit in your pocket. Mm -hmm. Because just like Capitol Hill and Washington, uh, there's funny math in music. <laughs> Big time. Talk to Very me. Very dinosaur. I'm, I'm glad you talked about that because, because Taylor Swift has tried to re-alter those woman. economics. Talk to me about that from an artist's perspective. I'm going to tell you something that, I ha that I'm privy to know. Uh, just knowing the business, she has one of the best deals in music originally. Mm -hmm. How about that one? Okay. Her, her business structure was already for the win. Right. And she started independent. I saw a whole journey since she started. You know, Taylor Swift is one of the only people. Because there's so many fake people in entertainment. Like, I watch people have the worst conversation in the world. Somebody asks for a pitch and go. And take, like, they so yeah. BS. Uh -huh. She's the only one I believe is a nice person. Mm -hmm. How you about that it. one? You I Actually, it. I would be a sucker. Mm hmm if she wasn't a nice thing. Right. I tell it. my wife all the time, this is the only one I believe, mm -hmm. right? Because she's such a nice person to me. But her business structure was already great to begin with. But then she realized, hey, they're still robbing me. Right. And so she got to get it back. Um, Taylor's version. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of artists... For my audience, tell them what that means to take that back. So what happens is these record companies, when you come and you get in the game... They're like the Wizard of Oz. They're behind the curtain. Yeah. We could make you this and this and that. So you're like, sure, I'll sign here, right? And then once you in the game and you got skin in the game, you start realizing, these guys, I'm unrecoup. Mm. Right now, to tell you, I put out an album independently. Mm -hmm. I sell 300,000 records. I make millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. I have albums with... Uh, major record labels where I sold two and a half million records and I'm still unrecouped 20 years later. Where's the math? Right. Which, I mean, this is just more than obvious. I sell a couple of hundred thousand, I make millions of dollars. I sold millions of records and we still ain't get a dollar. I mean, it's funny math. Mm -hmm. And so what artists have been doing, especially old school artists, have been taking the power back into their hands and they've been re- Doing their own songs, redoing their own catalog, so they catalog. can own their own masters. Right. So when a movie wants to hear, uh, I like it like that, yeah, baby, the artist actually makes a dollar. Yeah, right. The creator, <laughs> the creator, yeah, the creator yeah. is what Taylor Swift right. is doing. And you admire her for that. I love her, man. I like everything about her. Um, she's a very, very sweet person. Uh, she's a great ambassador for music. Mm -hmm. And we are going to end on that note because we got to go. Stay tuned for your takeout. I'll take a special. Fat Joe will be a part of that. But Fat Joe, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks, Thank man. Thank you so much, brother. We'll see you next week. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to your takeout outtake especial. We are in Santa Rosa Taqueria near Capitol Hill. Our special guest, Fat Joe, otherwise known by his birth name, Joe Cartagena, Joey Crack, world famous legendary rapper, hip hop artist in Washington talking about health care, price transparency. We had a whole conversation about that. Go back to segments one and two. You want to get all that. 
Pat Joe, when I say to you, American politics is, how do you finish that sentence? Divided. Divided, right. Okay. Divided. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, you know, I believe in the American dream. Mm -hmm. I believe in the political process. Mm -hmm. I believe in democracy. But uh, the people have to really be heard more. Look, I just showed you a poll that 94% of Americans mm -hmm. want health transparency. Right. And it's the hardest thing to get done. Right. And so, you know... Still love America. I still love the politics of America. Um, but to change things, you got to work, and you got to keep working. You got to keep working to change things. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's an mm -hmm. uphill battle. Right, as has often been said, uh, power is not handed over. You have to get in the process and take some for yourself. Yeah, you have to, but uh, not everybody has the means. Right, or the voice, the strength, or the visibility. Yeah, or the visibility. And you're trying to do that. Exactly. Yeah. So I want to ask you three questions. We ask every guest. This show isn't, believe it or not, it's eighth year. Everyone's taking these questions on, and I can't <laughs> wait to hear your answers. Okay. So take these in whatever order you prefer, Fat Joe. Well, just give me one at a time. I'll yeah, answer. All right. Most influential book in your life and why? Most influential book in my life. Uh, I believe... Uh, it was a book I read about, I don't know the actual name, about Martin Luther King, who I feel is the greatest American ever. Um, and he chose love over hate. He, he, he chose to unify the people mm -hmm. more than divisiveness. and uh, Peaceful resistance. And that was like peaceful resistance. And I read that in elementary and I never forgot the book. Mm -hmm. Second one was on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar too mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, you know, those, those were the most influential books in my life. All-time favorite movie or one of your most favorite movies? You mentioned The Godfather earlier. Yeah, it's either The Godfather or Bronx Tale. Um, you know, these I watch all movies and get knowledge from each movie. Mm -hmm. You know, in hip-hop, it was all about keeping it real so you wouldn't hire professional security It'd just be you and your entourage. And guess what? You and your entourage would go to jail when something happened. But in the scene in Godfather, when they tried to kill the Godfather mm -hmm. and they went to the hospital, he hired retired police officers so the gangsters couldn't kill him. So we learned that in hip-hop, and now we got retired cops. <laughs> so we don't go to jail. So there's many uh, scenes that you can learn from in movies that I really, really love. Mm -hmm. And... Uh Take your time with this one. You're on a long drive. You're on a long flight. And you are going to put your headphones on and really immerse yourself. What's that music going to be? Man, that, that music is uh, R&B music. Mm -hmm. So I'm listening to everything from the Delphonics, the Stylistics, uh, to Nita Baker. Luther Vandross, my favorite singer of all time. Shaw Day, Stephanie Mills, mm -hmm. Nita Baker. Um, you know, that's, that's my souvenir. You know, yesterday, my biggest fear in life, I fear no man. Mm -hmm. God gave me that, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I fear. I've seen warlords mm -hmm. in, in country, the worst people. And I'm not scared of them. Mm -hmm. I'm a scared of flying, flying. And, I, and I fly all the time. Mm -hmm. And yesterday that flight coming here was so scary that my neighbor hugged me when we landed Everybody started screaming, this is the worst flight. Then I picked up the local news and they said it rained more. It hasn't rained this hard since 1817 mm -hmm. in Washington. Right. And, and they shut down the bridge for hurricane winds. What the hell are we doing flying into Washington in this thing? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get it. It was a it. hairy flight. So man. I had Michael Jackson. Uh, we're almost there. We're, and this thing is like, and I'm like, God, you're the greatest God. I realized that the airplane has now become my place of worship. It's my church now. So from the minute I sit there till I land, I'm praying for every God, you would never let nothing happen to that little kid. God, you don't want the rabbi to get hurt. 
God, come on. You see that lady? Somebody's grandmother. She's so nice. That's right. Don't know. And so I, I start praying mm-hmm. on this plane for two right. hours, three mm-hmm. hours, four hours. And so it's my new place of worship. Right. The church of fill in the blank, American Airlines, Delta, United, Spirit, whatever, Alaska. Maybe really Alaska, but I'll set that Oof. aside. Fat Joe, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Thanks, brother. Man. I appreciate, I appreciate it. Time. We'll see you next week, folks. The Takeout is produced by Arden Fari, Jamie Benson, Sarah Cook, Ellie Watson, Jake Rosen, and Ashley Armstrong. CBSN production by Eric Susanen. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Takeout Podcast. That's at Takeout Podcast. And for more, go to takeoutpodcast.com. The Takeout is a production of CBS News. If you like The Takeout, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.